Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash improv noise. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Titles such as The Best of Second City, featuring the best sketches in Second City history, and bossy bands, Tina Fey's autobiography narrated by Tina Fey herself. This is Improv Noise. And in order to get started, we need a suggestion of something you can't eat. Hey guys, Greg Hess is on the show today. Enjoy. When you do improv now, are you are you thinking about anything? <laughs> uh, great question. I think it depends on what show I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm here doing an, uh, the Improvised Shakespeare show right now, and so there is something that you think about in that show, which is um, what your character wants all the time. So, because that is what's driving the story. Mm-hmm. So, when I do that show, yeah, I am thinking about. You know, if I'm this guy who loves this girl, I'm trying to get that. Then you're still playing scenes like you would an improv scene. Right. So you're going in with an objective. Yeah. Right. And, you know, things are either going to stand in your way or they're um, they're going to aid you and you're going to deal with those and the repercussions of what happens. So when I do that show, yeah, since it is story driven, you think you're thinking of something. When I'm thinking of when I'm just improvising, not much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you when you improvise, is it naturally story driven? Not for me, because I think the story stuff came later for me, mm-hmm. um, because really I was trained in sort of first short form and then Herald stuff. So story wasn't as much a part of my training, but now that I do in Fresh Shakespeare, I think about story a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see like free form montage Shakespeare. <laughs> do you, I, unfortunately, I'm, I always miss it when you guys are in town. Do you guys improvise Niambic Pentaminer? Sometimes, you know, <laughs> that's a good question too. IMs are like kind of natural to the way right. we speak anyway. Right. Pentameter is a little bit different. I think actually we probably err and go to quadrameter more okay. than pentameter, but <laughs> it does happen naturally. We do a lot of rhyming and a lot of, you know, couplets and things. So sometimes we're in pentameter. People sometimes come to our show there and they're like it was all in pentameter and we're like no it wasn't <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, they had a great time with that means. right <laughs> yeah i mean part of macbeth is written in if i if i can remember my english class correctly dactylic tetrameter mm, which is good. um i think that's the toil toil boil and trouble scene or something yeah like that. Which I think is so why some people theorize maybe that scene was written by Shakespeare and then blah, 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 blah. Oh, it was, none of it was written by Shakespeare. That's why I'm here today. <laughs> Good. It's all written by the Emperor Shakespeare company. That's right. right. That's right. Finding the truth. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. So when you guys improvise with the Shakespeare company, you guys have an over, you, the, the entire ensemble has a whole arc they're keeping an eye on. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, the only thing that we, basically there, there are two set pieces of the show. One is a, a rhyming opening monologue um that you know some Shakespeare plays have not all but ours always do so we get a title from the audience um and then the opening monologue will sort of set up the theme of the show Mm -hmm. you know this run we've had Chris Christie has been a big uh, (laughs) suggestion almost every night I thought you were gonna say he was a guest I'm like what (laughs) (laughs) oh god I wish um (laughs) 
<laughs> so, you know, that was a very sort of dark uh, Fallen <laughs> King play. Oh, nice. Um, but then, you know, we've also had uh, really silly ones. We had a, a Ninja Turtles uh, suggestion. Oh, it was nice. sort of a, a strange wedding play of sorts. And so you get this title opening uh, monologue that is rhyming, and then that sets up the themes. And then the only thing that uh, we'll say uh, is a closing um, epilogue that will rhyme and include the title so that's how you, the guy knows to pull the lights ah, but nice everything nice. everything in between is just nice. by the seat of our pants <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so uh, with, I'm, I'm really excited that uh, we have someone who's like interested in like story driven improv because we're in New York and a lot of it's just like uh, like I'd call it like sketch based improv or circular improv where things come back around mm-hmm. or you know, where characters are a little bit more static maybe mm-hmm. Um, and so for story improv, what do you think drives that? Do you think it's having a character that audiences empathize with and following that character as he changes? I don't know about empathy as much because we have... I like to play characters that are actually sort of despicable. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes um, to me it's... Yeah, may, maybe you want to empathize in the feeling of like you want to see that guy be taken down (laughs) or um you know like any good story i think um kind of two things that help it in an improv sense uh momentum i think is a big Mm -hmm. part of it where you can really feel the momentum of the story and uh you know if the characters are being played to their sort of maximum potential then the story part takes care of itself it's not really even something that we worry too much about Mm. what we really or, or i guess what i say is we don't worry about plot we worry about um or Hopefully we're not worrying. We're trying to play through <laughs> those simple wants. And then hopefully in between those, you know, real meaty scenes, we're also having um, a lot of like pattern play and game play, just mm-hmm. like you would in any improv short show to sort of goose that feeling of the comedy. And um, so, yeah, I, I think story is kind of a broad word for it but really yeah want and character the things that we're trying to push through so that the the plot takes care of itself i know very cool very cool well everyone we're seated here with uh, mr uh, greg hess who's a virginian born and bred born and bred the commonwealth <laughs> um you went to college of william and mary i did um uh, uh, uh you uh, are originally or uh, your improv roots lie in chicago i should i should say so the improv at io in second city uh you performed with such groups as show pony athens sturgis Shecky Cullen, Theater of the Mind, and Mission Improbable. Currently, you're an ensemble member of Baby Wants Candy, the Improvised Shakespeare Company, and the incomparable Cook County Social Club. And you also did Second City National Tour Co. I did, yeah. Very cool. And then you're also a graduate of the School of Steppenwolf. Yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, so a full theater training, right? A, very, a full thespians <laughs> training, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Now, I, um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned earlier playing a character... Uh, who doesn't need empathy? You mentioned something like that. You mean, you mean yeah. playing someone who has very selfish motivations? Yeah, selfish motivations. And I think the question was of do, does the audience empathize? And right. um, yeah, some I guess some of the best evil characters you have to have like they're not complete sociopaths unless you're <laughs> playing. I mean, I think there are characters like an Iago or something where it's just like I'm evil and I'm going to do evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they're. That the empathy of the audience is great. The, probably the best reaction we get in Shakespeare is if we're really committed to a character and the audience really likes them, 
when that character gets killed or they don't get what they want, <laughs> you hear like, oh, which is actually the one of my favorite things to get in an improv show because you don't often get people sort of emotionally becoming attached if you're just doing, you know, a, a long form, they'll laugh, but I, you, you don't often hear the like, the same response that you might get when, you know, they're watching a movie or something <laughs> where, where they're like dialed in and, and loving the character. So sometimes playing for those like, sighs and awes aren't as good as playing for the laugh. Does it ever get sad? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it gets sad. Not not in the... Oh, uh, I wouldn't say, like, no one's, like, leaving the uh, theater with tears streaming down their face. <laughs> but, but I think... Not dis- yet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Maybe tonight. Uh, there's, like, certain disappointments, I think, that, that happen when characters die, especially if we do a tragedy. I think it's always really fun to kill off the darlings at the end and then watch people be like, no. <laughs> uh, and and it kind of, a, I think, an, a trick, an old trick that is used, used all the time is, you know, you think that that character finally made it through the gauntlet and then they get killed in the very last moment. <laughs> so that's always fun, too. Cool. So um, throughout, based on that monologue, you guys kind of dictate whether it's going to be a comedy or a tragedy. Yes. Or a history? You guys do yeah, histories? Yeah, we, we, do, we do histories. I think they, and, and at times it can be an amalgamation of, of the, all of those. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, what we've liked about this run is actually every play has been really distinct in its sort of style. And that's always fun because I think, um, you know, last night I, we did sort of a very straight ahead history in a way. It was about a English king and an Irish king and a French and the French and was kind of like sprawling in a strange way. And then, then, yeah, you know, oftentimes like lovers plays or marriage plays will be like really light and silly. And then we love the tragedies and it's fun to kill each other off. Yeah, that I can totally imagine. Yeah. Uh, do you guys train in like stage combat for that? Or you guys just sort of improv, you know, your improv rules? Yeah, we actually have done um, some stage combat. We've done um, some stuff with swords, even though uh, we don't have any props. Oh. We've learned some some of that just so we can make it look a bit more real. Mm. Of course, it sometimes results in us just being silly anyway and doing improv sword <laughs> fights. But yeah, we've done a little bit of stage combat. We've we've taken Elizabethan dance class here once. Nice. Oh and um and the coolest part of that show I think is that everybody's everybody loves Shakespeare and mm-hmm. we read a lot of Shakespeare. And so we meet monthly with a professor at Loyola University and sit down with a play that everybody's read and we basically just talk about it and go right. through it and talk about the characters and what Shakespeare's doing in it and that obviously really helps us improvise it. Very cool. Uh, were you uh, here when the Improvised Shakespeare Company was in New York last time? I was, two yeah. or three. So were you part of the show that Patrick Stewart said? I was, on? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard so much about that. Yeah. I was actually like gonna go that night, but oh. the last thing took me out. The next day in class, I heard about it, and I was so jealous. Yeah. I, was like, I can't believe I missed that. Well, he's not... Because I remember he also went to Chicago to work with Second City on something recently, right? He did, yeah. He was in Chicago. That's how we met him. He worked um, with Second City essentially as a master of ceremonies at an opera show that they did with Renee Fleming. And Second City was sort of doing this comedic take on the opera. And he was the master of ceremonies. And two of our Shakespeare guys were in that show and did a Shakespeare bit that he was a part of. Okay. And I think he was sort of intrigued of how they <laughs> did it, how they improvised it. And nice. um, one of those guys said, well, we can show you. And in fact, if you ever wanted to do it with us, please come and join us. And he nice. said, well, all right. I'll, <laughs> I'll try it. <laughs> 
So he showed up, and um, yeah, it was a little bit of a out of body experience. Not to sound too like uh, cheesy about it, he really, um, he really took it very seriously in the best possible way. And you know, we kind of ran him through the motions of the show, but he had really never. I mean, he's never done long form improvisation. Right. He's improvised some like back in his training days, right? Um, but you know, we took we took him through the show and said, you know, here's how it usually like looks, and here like the the monologues and things like that, and characters will come back. And after we explained kind of the whole thing, he, he was sitting there and he goes, "It seems to me that what you all are doing is listening." <laughs> and we were like, "Well, sir, most people it takes years of improv training just to understand that." <laughs> it's sort of just like in a moment, he just defined it. <laughs> So then, yeah, he was a, I mean, the language and things were just no trouble for him, you know? Yeah. And I think the things that he learned in that first show were just kind of like those improv tricks of like switching characters and edits and things that, you know, in theater, you don't really know. Right. And then the second time he played with us, it was just like, he was an old hand. Wow. Yeah. So it was really, really, he was really neat. That is so cool. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to ask. What's like improvising with someone, especially with, with hard material like that, who's yeah. never improvised before. You know, I, he almost, um, it wasn't hard at all. And the, the neat thing about him, too, was he said, uh, just let me get out there in the first scene so that I'm not nervous. So he was <laughs> the first one to hit the stage. And it was kind of like, you know, we, we were, he was going full charging into it. So it was really, awesome. really fun. It wasn't like we had to take care of him. And um, and so, yeah. And, and the, the really interesting thing about him, I thought, was he... He's just such an amazing presence on stage. His voice, the way he just f- stands, the way he moves. I mean, he really, it's kind of like you can't help but watch him. And it's a great, it was a great master class for anybody on stage with him. Because sometimes you feel like a dancing clown. And then you're with someone who, with all the gravitas in the world. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, he can, he can point. And everybody's watching him point. You know? So that was, that was neat. He really... That he is, commanded. He commanded it. <laughs> that is really really cool. Um, so let's switch gears for a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'd love to talk Cook County Social Club yeah. with you for a little bit. It's a five man team. Five man. Yeah. Uh, I know Tim Robinson's here in New York. I've seen him play an ass cat every, every now and then. Yeah, a lot. Tim's it's great. in New York now. Yeah. And then uh, the the other the rest of you guys are in Chicago or L.A. That's right. Yeah. One of us, um, Bill Cochran, still in Chicago, and then the other three of us are in L.A. now. Mark oh. Rotterman and Brendan Jennings. So we're. We're tri-coastal, if you consider the Mississippi River one of the coasts. I totally do. <laughs> yeah, good. So, Thank God. Tri-coastal. Um, uh, yeah, um, that. Yeah, because uh, you. I've heard a couple of your sets like on audio and things like yeah. that. Because uh, I don't. You guys haven't performed in New York in a while, right? No, we haven't performed yeah. in New York maybe ever. Oh, really? You yeah. guys never did DCM. We didn't. We did it. We all have done it with other groups back in the early days, but now we haven't. We don't like new no. oh really no i'm kidding that's we what just, i brought you here for yeah, that's right. <laughs> why <laughs> we just ne- we've never done it it's actually something i would love to do with those guys um yeah, that'd but, be that'd be really cool definitely yeah. looking forward to that but you guys are, are um i shall I say you guys are definitely a very uh quick uh, game uh, uh team i won't mm-hmm. i won't say game centric because you're mm-hmm. comfortable with game yes and uh i think you also um and from what i know because i'm not from chicago yeah. there's nobody here i'm just a big old nerd mm-hmm. And I hear that the term game is kind of like a bad word in Chicago, or at least it used to be, or it wasn't really thrown around much. And yeah. That's not really what they're looking for. Maybe not a bad word. I think it was just not part of the improv vernacular as much. Right. And I think 
obviously UCB did a ton to change that. And then I think, you know, we've, we developed a style of our own that kind of came from being trained in Chicago, but really loving that pattern and, and, um, sort of, you know, comedic behavior being repeated. And, you know, we, we, none of us trained at UCB. We, of course, like watched all the DVD extras on ASCAT and things like that. But, you know, I think our, our style kind of came out of, um, I would call it, um, you know, we love really committed relationship scenes that can sort of, uh, go beyond just your typical three minute, you know, A to B right. and sort of push beyond in a, in a really emotional way. And from that, we love to find patterns to keep repeating. So when we teach, oftentimes we teach scene first and then we teach game and then we teach how to put those together, hmm. which I think is a little bit different than some of the other training. It's we, we like to kind of call it like a Venn diagram scene where it's like, you've got a great scene and you're playing some, you're playing multiple games, you're spinning multiple plates and Mm -hmm. how do you find new games, but not let that scene wither on the vine. So, uh, when you mean scene, uh, as opposed to a game, um, does that mean like scene as in like a a theatrical scene, like Um, where a character changes, um, from beginning to the middle to the end of it? Yeah, that's a, I'm, yeah, I might back off the term theatrical, but, um, I think, yeah, I would say actually you're right. It it is theater in that we don't. I think our thing, our problem with um, ignoring the comedy uh, of a scene, oftentimes resulted in you know those two person relationship scenes that are like two people standing four feet apart, chatting, and that's really not what we were interested in doing. Um, because you can see that on the subway, <laughs> and and I think. There are people that do that and they do it well, but it's not where we were like hitting our stride. And our the the scenes for us that were the best were always where yeah they were highly theatrical, emotionally loaded, mm-hmm. and, and then with really specific sort of pattern that that we were finding. Not that we entered the scene being like what what's the game that's not really in our mind it just i think our dna we find game together because we we know each other so well yeah so so you're right i think yeah the theater of it we like to always keep it interesting and we want it to be a show that people are paying 12 bucks to watch something that they don't see on the subway Mm -hmm. because that's not that's just never what that group was interested in doing Mm mm-hmm so the game removed um, as yeah. far as maybe we can just do a rundown of other important um, things to be looking for. Yeah. So emotional connection. Emotional connection. Yeah. Emotional response. The big thing for, I would say, for, in terms of a Cook County type sure, of style. Sure, sure. Yeah. The big, thing that we, uh, the big thing that we latched onto as a group when we play is um, when the lights go down and then come up again, we're going to look at each other and we're going to all be dialed into whatever the energy is that we first find. Um, Suggestions sort of be damned. And I think the only reason we still get a suggestion is because it makes the audience feel like they're somehow informing it. (laughs) It's like, popcorn, thanks. I've forgotten the word already, and I'm going to look at my scene partner. So I think, yeah, we try to say, um, you know, let's all be on the same page at the top. And then if, you know if the fellowship falls apart, it's got to happen organically. 
and like if something goes wrong we discover it together it's and we try to really like steer clear at least in the opening of the show of any sort of like here's the premise of the scene everybody join me so it sounds like just super organic very organic really organic and then um and then the second thing is um is reaction i mean we that is kind of the thing that we always have tried to teach before like once people get through the gauntlet of training centers of like who how to find who what where and all this stuff that are essentially tools to help you mitigate fear and to get someone to get up on stage and to stop the crazy endorphin rush that's going on just by being in front of people and trying to control <laughs> chaos. Yeah. <laughs> and once you once you've had that training, it's kind of I think it's great, but you it results in scenes that are similar. You see like the roommate scene a million times and you wonder why. And I think it's because, well, I know how to, if someone says roommates or if that comes up, I know how to give the initiation of the roommate scene that makes us both feel comfortable then executing or improvising a roommate scene. Mm -hmm. What we try to do is really get people to like steer clear of feeling like they have to declare premise and react to each other emotionally because emotions don't have to be explained. And in fact, you know, when, when I, when I teach and when Cook County teaches, you know, you see this all the time, two people walk on stage and you as an audience member oftentimes know the relationship long before they do Mm. because just the way they're standing or just the way they're moving or the way they've looked at each other. And we try to teach like, yeah, that's all you need Mm -hmm. now push it in an emotional way. And the details of like who we are, where we are, why we're there, are going to find themselves because you're, you're savvy and your brain is filling in those gaps anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that. The way that you, you described looking at improv, like everything that you need is there. There's yeah. no need for invention and you can make the who, what and where serve what's already on stage. Yeah. I really dig that. I really do. But there's a lot of trust and you have to be pretty calm to see that. Yeah. And I think you have to to practice with people that are also with that same intention. I think sometimes we teach and then people are like, it goes so well in class. We're like, just drop all that stuff. Look at each other, react. And you're, they're getting these scenes they've never done before. And then they go into a audition for a Herald team and everybody's just doing the like... Pirates, get in here. <laughs> and, 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 and you're wondering, like, why isn't anybody looking at me and reacting? So it, it is a double-edged sword because you're not always going to get somebody with the simpatico sort of philosophy. That's their endorphins talking. That's right? it's true. Uh, uh, pirates, get in here. Yeah. That's the fear, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's them not following the fear. That's the fear beating them up. Well, that's yeah, right. it's, it's, I like that you use the word control as well because having a premise is in a, in a way, a little bit of control. Sure. Because I can decide, you know, if, if I equate it to a jazz musician, if I told my fellow musicians, we're going to play an E, and mm-hmm. we're going to play kind of like a rolling blues. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of me exercising control, even though they do have a lot of freedom on how they're going to do that. You know? That- exactly, yeah. And I think... It- even in maybe a broader sense, like we're agreeing to do an improv show together. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's all we need to agree, <laughs> agree to. And that trust of, you know, when I walk on stage with you, it's going to be a different moment than when I walk on stage with you or then when we all take the stage together. And just if we can be open to dialing into whatever that's or that, that to me, that's the most fun part about improv is like 
you don't know. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. And if you really trust that you don't know, then that, I think, is those magic moments where people are like, there's no way they could have made that up. Like, <laughs> yeah. how did they do that? Mm-hmm. Um, when even the old performer is surprised by what they came yeah, up totally, with. Totally, totally. And those lines feel improvised, and they don't feel you know, like, I'm the cleverest guy in, in the room. Um, so, yeah, sometimes we say, like, the question I pose to students a lot is, how are you right now? How, how are we together? Mm-hmm. Um, like, and if you ask yourself that question of how, then a lot of those who, what, when, and all that stuff of like, don't ask questions and all those things going through your mind that some improv teacher told you. And sometimes I think they didn't even, it's just cause someone told them, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe if we just simplify it a little bit more and, and ask, you know, What's what's going on between us? What, how how are we in this moment? Yeah, I, think I think it's kind of a cool way to do. How it. is the most important question in theater? Because I've seen like three line scenes, who, what, where, yeah. right? And I, I've seen hundreds of them, mm-hmm. but how they do it is the most interesting part. Mm-hmm. You know, if they are just robotic and they just throw out the the variables, or they because those lines too, like in a three line scene, you can do anything with a line. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of the the best actors and the best plays. It's like the line very rarely dictates what the actor can do with it. It's the same way in everyday life. So. Can I can I put you on the spot a little bit? Your your line is buttermilk cream. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> can you can you deliver it a couple different ways? For sure. I mean, if I were to look so, at you and just say buttermilk cream, <laughs> you know, that's going to be the, a totally different scene uh, than, than some transactional scene of like buttermilk cream. Mm-hmm. So you know. I think the <laughs> <laughs> like the first one. I'm really getting a little excited. <laughs> one is going to be a love affair scene in some sort of creamery in Georgia, and one's going to be that you know the, that scene we've seen a million times at the malt bar. I don't know, but <laughs> so I always like to encourage people of you know you're a great actor and you can in your everyday life you can you're giving off emotional. Uh, information all the time totally but we're not really recognizing it so just you know we need to be able to do that on stage and do it in a way that people want to watch and pay for (laughs) that's the key yeah and there's a vast um just so much information and just the little adjustments people make in their body yeah it's really incredible and uh, to me it's the only thing on stage that isn't cheap you know what i mean like uh, things don't matter so we don't we're not seeing the creamery we're not we don't see the table the words are cheap like, even if I have a premise idea, I made it up a second ago, so it can't be that rich. If right. I wanted to write a real premise, I have to sit down and spend a day on it right. and flip, flip, rip out a premise. So that's cheap. The only thing that isn't cheap on stage is our honest emotional responses yeah. and exactly how we're saying what we're saying. That's the only thing that's actually rich. Right. Or is that, I'm, I'm, I, that's sort of how I feel. I, is that I, correct? I, well, I, I agree with it. And yeah. I think, I, from, from my two cents, I'm always more interested in watching two people cook with their sort of like emotional information rather than yeah premise or talk or line out. yeah it's yeah. just like all that stuff is like yeah yeah i got it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i want to see i want to see you all push on each other a little bit and see what we can get out and yeah. i think you know we're taught to be very sort of polite in improv and i hate that <laughs> because um i think that's why i love to cook county it's why i love to shakespeare it's there's no one is playing politely. Everyone is playing um, as if, you know, they have everything to leave on stage. And that is a great feeling mm. uh, in terms of just emotionally pushing each other to, to respond. Mm. So, you know, 
shame on me if I'm not reacting and shame on you if you're not reacting to, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. reacting back. I think that's like something like, yeah, let's, let's, you know, you're going to fight. Great. Fight more and find out what's on the other side of that. Like what you can bicker, but that's kind of like level one. Like how can we push through this and really, cause when you get in a fight in real life, you fight, then you've what you feel shame or do you feel, apologetic or do you you know do you feel murderous like who who knows like all these things are on the other side of the f- the first few responses so like let's get through it and see mm-hmm. what's there uh beyond so yeah i don't know this is also this is also fun i like <laughs> i like i like trying to figure it out so, yeah tell that story yeah. of my life so uh, <laughs> uh if you have if you have a performer who is like all right you know i get it i need to be expressing what i'm feeling on stage mm-hmm. uh a lot of uh at least what i saw in college when i was in acting school is a lot of beginning performers have a lot of like very negative emotions yeah and a lot of bitter and like angry things that they want to express yeah. do you have a, a way that you would coach or a way that you would give a little helpful hint to someone who is going through that rut well, I think I think you're right. There's kind of those two polar ends of you see uh, like rage on one end might be a good word. And then sort of moronic positivism on the other end of just like, yeah, everything's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's also confused with yes and. Sometimes people think that yes and means everything's awesome. Moronic positivism. I love that so yeah. much. <laughs> so, so I think um, – so I think – you know, everybody has to kind of work through the, I mean, I've been there. I think mm-hmm. everybody, when you start out, it's like, I'm emoting on stage and I'm raging. You know? <laughs> and, and I think you, I think that's good. And then I think you have to get through that to say like, oh, you know what? Like rage is one thing, but there's also like, what are other things that you experienced that were be fun to do on stage? And can you do them mm-hmm. when the time is nigh and is it like suspicion <laughs> is it like, you know for the time out. is nigh. i can't stop but like uh yeah like suspicion or like can you be devious on stage can you be yeah. like like can you play like true yearning mm-hmm. like these are things that you know we've all felt before but then yeah you get up on stage and you're just like I do two things. <laughs> One is awesome, and the other thing is I'm raging. Yeah, there's so. a little maturity in that, and like yeah. once you get past like the fun that it is that just is raging on stage yeah. and whatever being super positive, there are like a lot of shades that are like super cool. And, like, I like it too because I I do think you know it's embarrassing at first to be emotional on stage sure, and sure. most people don't get into improv because they think they have to be in any way emotionally vulnerable they want to get into it because well there's a lot of reasons i think but like primarily like i want to be on a stage and for some reason mm-hmm. and have people look at me i want to be funny mm-hmm. or i think i'm funny um you know teen Fey did it <laughs> who knows <laughs> but i do think that one you know it's an embarrassing thing at first to do something on stage that feels vulnerable and then realize I've done that and I kind of have to answer for it. Yeah. And to me, like that, that's a, that's a, that's enough fun first discovery to be like, Whoa, I really like was sad for a second or I was like the silliest thing. And then I feel my cheeks flush because like, sometimes the audience is laughing at you. Sometimes they're like, like yeah. what the hell? Who knows? But I think you have to work through that like initial embarrassment to be like, there's so much freedom in that. It's like you don't mm-hmm. get to do that stuff when you're not on a stage. So yeah. at least we hope not. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I always feel like a, a good improv set or a good improv scene uh, to an audience feels like something they weren't supposed to be looking at. You know, like a sort yeah. of sneaking into where they like in, in like a, a being a fly in a wall or yeah. on the subway looking at something. Today the is the day. Like I always yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. and, and I think in order to do that, you have to just totally expose, just be entirely vulnerable. Yeah, and just drop those guards. And then I think like talking about those early endorphins and things like that and the fear. I think that keeps those guards nice and strong. Yeah, you gotta get rid of those guards. And that's I think all related to digging deeper and yeah. exactly how emotionally vulnerable we all are. Yeah. Everyone's entirely emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think we have. Uh, I, th- I think over time, improv training teaches you to like decompress all that and mm-hmm. relax and know how to really connect with someone on an emotional on a more vulnerable level. I yeah, think. I always like to say like I want to. I try to push people to like try to start to relax on the inside and let things. But you're like a a wire on the outside that you can you're a That's sort cool. of a electrical charge you're so tuned in that you can always react <laughs> you can change at any moment you're like some sort of emotional chameleon that mm-hmm. is like ready for anything to to change and you'll respond to it and then on the inside being okay with like whatever happens happens and it's fine you know this mm-hmm. is this is not for the ages it's going to be gone in a second so you <laughs> might as well yeah. you, you might as well dial in <laughs> well yeah it lives and dies in that moment. Totally. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why a support is so important to mm-hmm. each other is because we're all doing it together. That's the only way that could work. Right. It's not like one person can be emotionally vulnerable and the rest can't. Right. You all yeah, have totally. to do it together. It's yeah. all or nothing. I have a big question on how because at least with when I studied with Johnstone, he said that the director, uh, they have a director outside the scenes being yeah. like, oh yeah, do this, do that. And the director was responsible for the success and failure of the scene. And so an actor was allowed to do whatever they felt necessary to put themselves out there in any way, and there was no repercussions for their actions. Because if the scene was great, it wasn't. It was because of the director, and if the scene was bad, it was because of the director. And so it wow. takes a lot of the responsibility <laughs> off of the yeah. actors. That seems like wow. That seems like such a triangulation to me. But I, I'm curious about it. I would never. I, yeah, maybe it just keeps actors from beating themselves up once they do a well, shitty improv scene. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It definitely does. And allows them to keep keep going, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I'd be fascinated to try it. I mean I've done I've done improv to sketch where you do have a director saying, Okay, we're gonna go back, we're gonna re improvise that. Yeah. Do this, do that. Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna do it again and we're gonna try to distill it down to its like best parts. But yeah, that seems like almost uh like having a therapist telling you it's okay after you do a scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's all about putting yourself out there and you yeah. know making it dangerous to watch. Yeah, yeah that's a cool. I I love that. I think it's risky to um, to go onto a stage anyway. So like, let's take some risk. The, there's a group in Chicago called Five Hundred Clown, okay. and if you guys ever get a chance to see them and. Hashtag 500 clown. How do I get their name out there? Um, there are these three. Are you clowns. a member of the team? I'm not. I wish. God, I could never. I mean, it's really, they're that good. But they, um, I studied with them for a little bit. And that was something I realized like improv is like just tapping on the door of risk, really. I mean, this is, these three clowns are doing things on stage that are just like mind boggling and jaw dropping <laughs> in terms what? of like, um, I could. I'll give an example um, of a show that I saw. So they take uh, popular works sometimes and sort of remount them in a clown show. So like they've done Macbeth, they've done Frankenstein, Um, and I saw Frankenstein, 
and it's only kind of the loosest elements of the story. Like, you know, like one guy becomes the monster, one guy becomes Frank, Dr. Frankenstein. And, and so their big thing is sort of a physical work um, manifests sort of emotional, uh, emotional values or, mm-hmm. you know, emotional moments. Mm-hmm. So they, 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 they stretch themselves very thin physically, I feel like, and take a ton of physical risk. They have these big sort of death trap looking contraptions that have cantilevers and they're falling off them and like, oh. uh, and, but in, in a way that you're always, as the audience, kind of questioning like, was that supposed to happen? <laughs> and, you know, in training with them, sometimes, you know, they would say, you know, some, we know like he's got to get to the top of that. How he gets there is we're going to find in the moment. And I mean, this, when I say the top of that, it's like a 10 foot wall and there's three of them and they're like standing on each other and trying to get one guy over the wall. So the whole time you're kind of wondering like, holy shit, what's going to happen? <laughs> but the moment that I remember most specifically was they had made a guy, the monster in Frankenstein, and he didn't want to do it as a clown. He was like, I'm not it. <laughs> and they were like, be the monster. And he's like, no, 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 no. And uh, one of the clowns, Adrian, just started kind of like frogging him on the arm, like on his bare top of his arm. And he's like, be the monster. And the guy's like, no. And he kept doing it harder and harder. And so you see this kind of like red welt start to happen on his arm. And the audience is laughing and laughing because it sounds funny. It sounds like a Stooges slap, you know. And he's beating the shit out of this guy's arm. And all of a sudden, you see the monster come alive, basically. His whole face just went red. He got so mad. And he just started (laughs) crying. And then the audience is like, yee! And then he just exploded because he was just so mad that someone had just like hit him in the arm so many times. And then the audience, and he basically questioned the audience like, is this what you wanted? You wanted this monster. And then everybody's like, no, we didn't. <laughs> and so it went from, it was that crazy thing of like, it was so funny. Ha ha, he's getting beaten up. Oh, he's crying. Oh, I feel bad for him. Oh my God, I'm scared of him. And, and that to me is like a moment in a live theater setting where like, yeah. That was insane. They, yeah. they own the audience. Yeah, they it totally, belongs to yeah. them. Yeah. And so, yeah, do you see something like that or train like that? And then you're like, how can we add some of that like <laughs> mojo into what we do? Because it, it really could be risky or more or something. I don't know. I, I beg the question. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I punch my scene partners all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm always punching. And that's the thing. You're, yeah. Everyone's always like, be very careful and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't be so careful. Yeah. Yeah. Stefan also <laughs> openly denies character gifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I'm not to toot my own horn, but I'm really physically aggressive as an asshole. Well, actually, uh, I can't this... wait to do a scene with you guys just punching me across the mic. <laughs> Two days ago, Stefan unswept the scene. <laughs> Someone swept the scene and then he said, no, 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 sweep that <laughs> I okay in my defense it was just an open jam it was late at night and uh, we we're having fun <laughs> I would not do that and, and and I turned the unswiping into a sub game of that scene nice like that was it was being yeah, a little I'm meta I'm all about uns- unsweeping scenes that's yeah. fine and, and also my defense I was just about to do a kick ass tag out and I did the tag out did and the swipe was coming I just went unswipe I'm gonna do this. and then I then I apologized obviously because I was being an asshole that's the only time I've ever done that so. Keep doing it. Keep make, it a, it. make it a form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of making it a form, yeah. is it time? 
I, I don't I don't have the timer. I'm just being harmoniously oh, with it's you. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know I have a timer. I'm just saying. Uh, you cool? Do you want to improvise a little bit right yeah, now? Yeah, let's do it. Um, how does uh, Cook County? Uh, you said improvised Shakespeare starts with a word to a monologue. Uh, Improvised Shakespeare starts with the title of the play so that we get from the audience. And then Cook County starts with, uh, usually we just say, give us a word. Yeah. Um, And we just kind of go from there. We'll do that? Yeah, let's do it. it. Um, Who's going to give us the word? uh, I have a Suggestifier app on my phone. Is that real? (laughs) Yeah. Totally real. Uh, Brad always looks down on it because, like, I'll just do it from my head. It's the most absurd. Like, I can think of random words. Like, yeah, but that, but that's not because we're talking it's about not completely like, random. It has to come right. from somewhere that isn't my mother. Who, who made this app, and how are they making any money? On it? <laughs> uh, it's me. No, I don't know. Uh, it's. I mean, there's a suggestion, but it's like got. You can have like an emotion or something. It's got so many choices. Is it specifically for improv? Yeah, it's a, it's a suggestive. Fascinating. Yeah, wow. uh, simple word, character, location, emotion, object, genre body part and give me all that interview question it's freaking nuts can we do an interview question uh, are you a terrorist <laughs> first interview question is what was your favorite subject in high school great uh, we can do that or the I'll earlier suggestion was rings I'll do anything yeah you we, guys I think choose. we are loaded with suggestions yeah, let's do it right now alright uh, Matthew I'm just not Matthew, I just think you're reaching your full potential. You're bringing home C-plus grades, and I don't think you're a C-plus student. I think you're an A-plus student. Thanks, Dad. Um, I, I, what can I tell you? I'm trying. I'm, I'm doing my... I think I'm doing my best. You think you're doing your best? Yeah. Why are you bringing me a C-plus in history? I tutor you. I know you do, but why? Are you skipping class again? Don, Don, give him a... Just give him a chance. Uh, no, uh, we've tutored. I've spent hours tutoring. My father never tutored me. Don, you just love history so much. Maybe, maybe he's got different, different loves. Yeah, yeah, I don't love history. I love, I love football. I just want to play football all day. Don, he wants to play football all day. That's so long. He's working so hard. He wants to play football for twenty-four hours at a time. You're not on the football team. You don't. You got cut. You'll make it. I'm gonna make it, Dad. One day. Where, where are you playing football? You know, I feel partially responsible. Yeah. Because I didn't take any any. Any sort of prenatal vitamins when you were no. in utero. Yeah, and the, the, they're they're looking into the rules, but right now I can't use my canes on the field. Yeah. Listen, don't beat yourself up about the prenatal. I told I was against the prenatal vitamins. We were living Remember? in the Philippines; they yeah. didn't have them there. It's okay. That. I love you, mom. We were keeping an eye on our stuff for the most part. I'm going to be a football player, Dad. I'm going to be the best football player. I believe, son. You know, I believe in you. I know, I, I know, I, I, you know, I believe in you because you're not a C plus student. You're also not a cut athlete. I know you're a great athlete. Your great grandfather was one of the founding members of the NFL. All right, he, you have it in your blood. You can play. That's right. Thanks. Your grandfather was one of the founding members of the NFL. Yeah. There were only four members, and he was one. Yeah. No, I love Granddad. Bullet <laughs> Johnson, you remember? Granddaddy, ja- Granddaddy Johnson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I I don't know what to tell you, Dad. I mean, I, I yeah, I got a C plus in history. I get a C plus in all my all my grades, but yeah. that that's only that's only because my mind is just thinking. My mind's just thinking of football all the time. But Matthew, you have a perfect seventy nine percent for all six of your subjects. Not a seventy eight, not an eighty percent. You have exactly seventy nine percent for all of your subjects. Yeah. That requires incredible mental fortitude to be able to dictate your grades as such to be exactly seventy nine percent per subject. Mm-hmm. Here we go, theater seventy nine percent. How do you get a seventy nine percent in theater? Well, I, I stopped halfway through one of my monologues. 
Well, it seems like you would have gotten 50%. Well, yeah, it was balanced out with other grades, I guess. Don, I, yes, I have a confession to make. Okay. I went by the high school today. What? I went by the high school today, and these grades are going to come up, and I don't want you to ask any questions on how I got them to raise the grade. How did you raise the grade? I'm sorry. I have Don, to ask I that said, question. I know, don't but, you don't want to know, Don. I, I do. I do want to know. I thought, Don, said, I've uh, done things. That, I've done things, Don, and I've done them for the betterment of this family. Dad, put down that hammer. Put it down. No. All right. Sorry. You and your hammers, Don. You can threaten me with a little ball peen. You can threaten me with a mallet, but I will not tell you how I got these grades raised. No, honey, I wasn't threatening you with a hammer. I just oh, had to I'm go sorry. do work after oh, this. Okay. So I just had it in my hand, uh, coincidentally. I would never strike you with a hammer. That's Don, I gave myself fully and with unabashed emotion. Uh, Miss Shudebaker, uh, good to see you at the front office. Anything I can help you with? My son's grades have fallen. Okay. And I need them up. Oh, well, um, well, it looks like he's he's not doing too well. Teachers say he, he daydreams a lot, so... <laughs> do you daydream a lot? You know, uh, that's an odd, odd question, but I do. I really do. What do you daydream about? Well, you know, I'm working on a uh, 67 Charger, so I like thinking about that. You like to charge ahead, just charge right... I was born in 1967. You can just charge right toward 1967. I need my son's grades right. Oh, really? Oh, really? Miss Johnson, do you mind closing the door? Let me see. Is this a push or a pull? Push. Cut to the principal's house like, later that day. Hey, honey, how was work? Oh, it was good. Yeah, good. I made, you, I made you your dinner? Well. Yeah, I'm not hungry tonight. I think I'm just going to go out to the garage, work on the car. Well, get back here. What? What's that on your collar? Jello. Why, why is there jello on your collar? Oh, I don't know. I guess I must have had jello for lunch today. Let me sniff that. That's Revlon number five. That's lipstick. That's not lipstick I own. What's going on at school? What is happening? Something that's not happening here, Darla. Something that's definitely not happening here. Sex? Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. We need new pitches for sort of flavors of Revlon. We've got, yeah. uh, we got one, two, three, and four. And they've all got pretty distinct flavors. Got but it. five has got to be something really, really Good. Okay. Any ideas? Okay. Uh, well, I spent a lot of time in the hospital, as you know, after work. I volunteered to the elderly. Okay. Just, That's really great, Alex. Yeah. Thank That's you. Yeah. Great, Alex. Yeah, you know, it's just a little something I do for the community, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I like to give everybody, it, I like to give it Alex, everybody knows you do that. Yeah, you know, and then afterwards I play basketball with the paraplegic. Jeez, that, how but. did you find time to work, Alex? That's <laughs> why I'm late all the time. Uh, that, that's, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at, you know what intrigued me? I was looking at those hospital meals. You know what I mean? You got the, it's like those airplane meals. They got the little like chicken and they got I the... I have never been in a hospital, but uh, I never? believe you. Never? Well, I was born, actually I wasn't even born in a hospital. I was born on the way to a hospital. Back Whoa. in 67 Charger. Nah, that's uh-huh. a story for another day. Oh. What do you got? Uh, well, I'm looking, uh, there's like orange juice, there's jello on the, like the upper left hand corner of the, uh, tray. I, I remember I looked at that the other day and I'm like, you know what? Jello can be lipstick. That's the hey, thought I had to myself. Yo, boss, I, I got an idea too. I got an idea. I spent all night thinking about this one. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't waste time, you know, at a hospital or you play basketball. I'm all about work, boss. I'm just telling, I'm always working. Last one to leave. Okay. We know, yeah. Yeah. We know Patrick. All right. Okay. Yeah. I don't right, consider and, it a waste of time. But. I'm thinking. We're thinking about beauty. We're thinking about sex. What about 
like a snow lion flavor, you know, or like a snow lion scent, rather, you know. What is a snow lion? Just uh, like the crispness of snow, maybe the danger of the hunt, something more primal, you know. A lot of my research shows that women want to be more aggressive in today's society. So maybe something like that. Guys, I like both these ideas. I think what we need to do here is let's get a sample of each and we'll meet back here tomorrow. Okay. Perfect. How are you going to get that snow lion? You're going to have to give me two days to get this done. You got it. I'll get it for tomorrow. I don't need the extra day. You know what? I'll, I'll, get, I'll get it for tomorrow. I'll yeah. get it for tomorrow. Yes, I'll be okay. here tomorrow. The timer's ticking, boys. <laughs> I'll be here later tonight. <laughs> Ding. Welcome to St. John's Hospital. How can I help you? Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you look right over there, okay. we're gonna. That is the snow line. Okay. And I want you to just raise your gun. No, no, I, I have to. I have to take it alive. I take it alive. Yeah, Jesus, man, come on. This is. I need this. to get the scent to the lab. It can't be dead when I get it to the lab. All right, all right. Well. Sir, you can't come back here, sir. This is yeah. the medical wing. Get out of my way. <laughs> come here, kitty. Come here. <laughs> come here, kitty. All right, guys, what do we got? <gasps> Well, I have my Jello. Uh, I had to beat up three old women to get it. <laughs> I really care for Revlon. I want that in my notes. Jesus, uh, I got green and red, All both right. apple, both oh. different types of apple flavors. Thank you, Alex. Oh, so, 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 so sorry, so sorry, I'm late. So sorry. Uh, I got Jesus. It. I got what it. in the hell happened to you? A snow leopard attacked. You covered a snow a leopard. We wanted, we wanted <laughs> snow tiger. Snow tiger. Snow lion. We Whatever it was, I know it wasn't leopard. God damn it, get back out there and get me a leopard. You don't even want to smell it? Le- what? Why would I want to smell a dead snow leopard? Patrick, you are a disgrace. Bring that endangered species back to the wild. Okay, I'm going to need more time to get the snow lion. I'm going to go and get more jello. I'll be back in an hour. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rydal High's opening football game of the year. I'm Jeff Henry, your announcer, and sitting with me is Natasha Roddingfield. I am Natasha Roddingfield, and we are here with the opening game of the season. It's looking like a great one, isn't it? Yes, it is. Go Snow Leopards! Go Snow Leopards! Everybody's chanting for the Snow Leopards, and I think they have a pretty neat pick for quarterback. A kid with two canes. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm at. I, I guess the added mobility will be a factor in the containment of this quarterback. Uh, I guess there's only one way for him to prove himself, and it's through playing. That is right, and it is kickoff. And what is that you are wearing? My God, you smell great. Thank you. Uh, it's Jello flavored Revlon. Well, give me a call after the game. Really? Yeah. You don't still have that boy. You don't still have that boyfriend, do you? Oh my god, look at the Well, god. on the field there has been a terrible tackle of oh the canid boy who <laughs> is really looking like he is hurt. Oh my. Boy, well, let's uh let's go down to our uh field on-field reporter, uh Cho Winfield. Uh, uh thank you. I'm Cho Winfield down here on the field and it is terrible. This two-caned wonder quarterback <laughs> was just destroyed on the field as Everyone else's abled body just ran on top of this two-cane quarterback and totally destroyed his two canes. He's crying on the floor. There's blood everywhere. I don't know how this happened, but it's a disgrace in high school football. Back to you, Revlon. So, uh, you, you, you like bowling? Maybe we could go bowling? I like bowling. Oh, back to us. And that was great on-field reporting from Cho Winfield. 
who incidentally I've also known quite well over the years. Really? Yeah. Guys, I just want to peek in. Uh, hey, we've Joe. Been can- <laughs> hey, uh, I got a call from corporate. We've been canceled. We have zero ratings. NBC does not care about a high school football game. You know, I always sort of had the sneaking suspicion that might happen. Yeah, I did yeah, too. That was a weird thing. Yeah. Well, I'm going <laughs> to... See, the Kate kid's okay. See. <laughs> Joe Winfield's one of my favorite names. <laughs> I, like, I like how I like how you your, your wife kept her two different names. The start was Mrs. Shudebaker. Oh, fuck. And then it was Miss Johnson a minute later. I yeah. know. Which is correct, because the grandfather was Speedbullet Johnson. That's whatever. right. That's what was going off of Speedbull. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So maybe Shudebaker's the maiden name. I don't know. That's right. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. Thank you very much for playing with us. Yeah. You know, and we definitely, yeah, we. It's always, it's always a, a, a bullet, a bullet on our belt. It's always a notch on our belt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I shoot bullets through my belts. Um, no, like the Cowboys had bullets on their belts to like they had, okay. like, yeah, the bandoliers. That's what the belts were. It's always an added bullet on our belt whenever we have a, a wonderful improviser come oh, yeah. and play with us. We definitely fun. appreciate. Yeah, it's it. always different too, in a in an audio setting, yeah. <laughs> you don't really have the same. Yeah, just for our audio listeners, you missed all the sassy faces. He oh, <laughs> a lot of sassy faces, a lot of great object work. Yeah. Over here. Killer handstand. Oh my God, you should have seen what I was wearing when I seduced the principal. Oh, really, yeah. really Costume good. changes. Yeah. I was so impressed. <laughs> uh, what do you think this bag was for? <laughs> Next year, we're going to be a vodcast. We just got to do That's it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, um, yeah, whenever I play, I'm always, especially when in an audio setting, and especially playing with someone new, yeah. or, 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 or yeah, I definitely have that fear. I'm definitely a little nervous. So I'm always <laughs> in my head i'm just like is this too plotty is this like is this are we spending too much time on on, on this thing and I always forget specifics i'm like oh what was his name <laughs> you know, things <laughs> yeah. like that just, well to me um no i mean i i'm always one to you know i think improvising is fun and even if it even if at times i think we all were like oh well, i guess that was that uh, <laughs> um i think you know i think there were some cool things for me um you know when I kind of like to improvise and find the form by the end. And I think we sort of did that, which was, you know, the, the first move was sort of this like, uh, you know, jump to this uh, incident that we want to see. And then we used, you know, kind of the thread from each scene to start the next scene. And by the end, I think, you know, you could argue like we found the form as mm-hmm. we went. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Um, do you, I was going to ask earlier, when you play with Cook County, do you mm-hmm. guys just go open for them? You guys just like, we'll figure it out while we play? Or do you guys have kind of a structure? Uh, we don't have a structure, but we that is kind of our rule of thumb. Um, I don't know who first sort of said it this way, but if you kind of think of improv shows in three camps, like you have sort of shows with conceits, like an improvised musical or improvised Shakespeare. You have shows that are improvised you know forms a herald a living room etc etc an armando and then sort of a third you can maybe categorize as like shows that have a palette and you're using a palette of moves essentially or um i would say like jts brown sort of i think started that idea even though that became a form but Mm. if you talk to people who were in that show originally they they didn't go through and say like here's invent let's invent moves to do in the show they just did them and then they ended up naming them later and I think maybe what we did, you know, what we do in Cook County is just a little bit like what we did. It's somebody made a type of move and that's now part of the palette that we're painting with. So we know mm-hmm. that like if we are using like threads to jump out of scenes to like 
to reference very specifically something that happened. Maybe that's the way we're like moving from scene to scene or, or are we transforming every scene? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then now that once we are four or five, six scenes out, we know like, yeah, we've kind of built these types of ways of navigating the show and we know that that's what we're going to use to get through it. And then at the end of the show, we can sort of say, oh, that was the show where, wow, it ended up that everything went in reverse or, you know, that every, like we went, we did mirrored scenes four out and mirrored scenes four back or something. So you kind of get to decompress it at the end. But like when we're in it, I think the only thing we keep in mind is if somebody's done a certain type of move or way of getting from one thing to the next, or even like threads within a scene, can we repeat that at some point Mm -hmm. in the show? And, you know, you can themes out of that. You can get just ways of moving from scene to scene out of that. We used to be, when we first started, we'd, we'd say everybody has to be on stage at all times. Oh <laughs> so these were like r- rules that we give ourselves and we can only transform, no sweeps. <laughs> and so, you know, and what I think that gave us actually is we got really great at doing four person scenes and then five person scenes. And then, yeah. and, and then always being like responsible for what's happening on stage. So you can't just like camp out on the side and think of that great, like, doctor uh, entrance that you want to do. Um, and as we got older and sort of like got more relaxed about like our rigid thoughts about what good improv was, we, we lost some of that, but that really informed how we started. Cause we wanted to really do something yeah. that we thought of as new, you know? Oh, very cool. Yeah. Maybe we can leave what, so you have a lot of experience doing a great group scene work then. Yeah. What, yeah. what would be like a couple of tips or, or fundamentals you'd say in a good group scene? Ooh, that's a good question. I actually say one thing a lot in a four-person scene. I, th- I think four-person four scenes are actually my favorite type of scene. Um, mm. And I think uh, one thing to remember is... Um, scream loudly. Scream. Always take focus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think is uh, you are equally responsible for the success or failure of the scene, but you don't have an equal piece of pie in the scene. <laughs> So I think a lot of people think of a four-person scene as like we all sort of get our our moment mm. to shine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think the cool part about a four-person scene is a lot of times you're completely utility and framing or helping the like core of the scene get hotter or better or more distilled. And I think sometimes group work turns into like we all have to have our peace yeah. <laughs> and say our thing yeah. and and that gets and, and you'll find you know sometimes you will but i think you find too that like people talk over each other you people don't really know like where the guts of the scene you know where where it's really like it, it's most potent because we're spreading it so thin yeah so in Shakespeare, we do that a lot where it's like, yeah, you might have a scene where you have like two guards and like uh, like two lovers talking. And the job of the guards is to like maybe like raise the stakes from externally or like comment on what they see. But they are meant to like point us toward the thing we're supposed to be watching. Yeah. And um, so I think, yeah, maybe that would be my thing of like four person scenes, like you have equal responsibility, but it doesn't mean you're going to have like an equal performance time in them yeah. or like spotlight. Yeah. One of my favorite moves in a group scene is if to, to walk on and just sit down on a separate sitting space and just start reading. Because <laughs> then... Steal, steal the focus. No, well, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> steal. I mean, if you don't like, like super obviously read, if you just like seriously read, then you don't even have to say anything in the scene. Yeah. And, and, to add on to that I think it's your job too is to if if you sit down and you're reading in a library where like two people are having a whisper fight your job is to be emotionally 
reacting and responding in right. a way that doesn't draw focus, but makes us all be like, Ooh, it is a library. Yeah. And this guy reading is like noticing. Yeah. Noticing. <laughs> and like, and when he gives the like, you know, disgusted look, like we're also like, yeah, we're like him. We, right. we are also disgusted with this behavior. So I think, yeah, it's, it's not just scene painting. It's like contributing to the, to the like focus. So, yeah, I think so Hey pirates get in here. could be like <laughs> yeah. three pirates don't say anything. Right. The pirate lead just going off a long monologue about exactly. being a pirate. Hey pirates group get in here, yeah. bring your friends. Don't have them talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the pirates could just have one guy could be the peg leg. It just shows that real quick. Exactly. And that's it's just going to build out the idea of pirates, but really it's a, it's an interview with the f- one pirate. <laughs> and then a fifth guy will come on as a, as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he will so also a say a thing. He'll be the edit. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. The point. Um, uh, so yeah, that's, that's a good little trick I think with, with group work and it takes a ton of practice. I think people don't practice four person or five or whatever you think of as a group scene. Right. I think it takes a ton of practice and yeah. you know, it's not one scene per show. It's do rehearsals where everybody is in every scene yeah. and see if we can move the ball around a little bit so that people do get their time in the sun, mm-hmm. but that we're also all sort of like supporting that. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. I always find myself in a group scene like it's going well, it's going well. Then maybe I'll be a little too proud or something. I'll take two more steps and I'll be like, oh, I just fucked it up. Yeah, I'll be like, great. Now the focus is a little bit shift. It's on. It's like a. Um, it's messy, and now no one really knows what's going on. Well, that's a cool thing too. Of like, if you're gonna, it's that give and take thing. It's like if you are gonna take focus, take it. And right. that's kind of that. I kind of I went back to that of like, yeah, I don't want polite people. I want com- like committed people to help. So it's like, you want focus now? Take it. So I know like, oh, great. Now my job is taken care of halfway too. Like I'm handing over the focus and now I get to really help like amp up whatever you're doing. Yeah. So I think that is, you know, half taking it is always where you're going to be in that weird mode, like yeah. weird limbo where you're like <laughs> polite handoff yeah. of like, you, sure yeah, you can take I'm some really time. sorry about that. Go, go on, go on. You know, <laughs> you ever study at the annoyance? Uh, I didn't. I took some. I took a class with Mick when I was in college, mm-hmm. or actually, I took like a master class right when I moved to Chicago. Oh wow! I didn't go to. I didn't go through the annoyance, and it's always been kind of like, oh, I wish I'd done that. I had had a lot of friends that are there and yeah. seen a lot yeah. of shows there. But yeah, because they're they're great like that. Where they, yeah, they just go. They'll take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think that's awesome. It's like yeah, take care of yourself and take care of your scene partner. I think sometimes it's confused with like. Uh, like, I'm a cat. I'm an astronaut. I'm a cat. I'm an astronaut. It's like, but <laughs> I've been we, there. we have to find a way to. I mean, essentially, yeah. what we're watching is people relate. However, but like you're right. I think that's what it like is confused as sometimes. Like, no, my choice is right, and what I'm 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 not dropping my shit, and like this is what I do. Right. Sometimes I think like that might be kind of like I mm. like if you read mix book i don't really think that like that's not what i get out of it yeah right but then i think you know it's like no making great strong choices uh for yourself and like giving strongly to your scene partner is is awesome and now like we have to see how those two people can cook together on stage right but um yeah sometimes you do see that like 
I'm sweeping. Oh no, I'm on a space station. <laughs> Wait a minute, what's happening? And then it's just you getting like, who's doing? Whoa, no, you know. But when, I, I don't really. When all I wanted to see was just a scene with a cat astronaut. I know. You know what I mean. <laughs> the audience is begging for scenes with like disparate species. That's all that we. That's that all cat that we has no see. thumbs. How is he going to man the spaceship? <laughs> so one way to find out. Biggest audience question in, in improv: How is the cat going to man the spaceship? <laughs> now I, I, th- I think Eddie said because there's various different schools of thought and yada yada mm-hmm. and I think all of them have their pluses and their negatives or yeah. not pluses and negatives all of them have their have their what they can be really successful all of them have quicksand that they can't be successful at if that makes sense yeah and like I, there's a there's like a negative connotation to certain like if you do it there's a way to do things where it's not interesting yeah and I think like every everything has like a there's like a stigma attached to like the one thing that it's like right well UCB is only about game right and if you don't find a game then it's like well yeah. I've seen great relationship scenes yeah. at UCB and I've seen, you know, I've seen great scenes at the, you know, like people are like, well, annoyance is like, don't drop your shit. And like, I see, you know, it's like, well, you, it's, it's all whatever works for you. Like, yeah. How are you best at improvising? Yeah. Use those things that are best for you. And then like, let the other things fall away. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, it's kind of weird to like play. your Notice you had a mix too. You had a mix when you played. Like, Mm -hmm. because the the mother character had a strong objective. She's going to seduce this principal, Mm -hmm. seduction. Uh, Then you came out with a premise as the boss. Mm -hmm. You're like, hey guys, at Revlon, let me get some new sense. Mm -hmm. And so you really did play with both of those skills. And I think it helped the set along because of that. Yeah, I remember, actually, I was thinking in that Revlon move, I was like, well, this is kind of plotty, but then I was like, well, you know, it seems like that's what we're, we're sort of like chasing the thread of like how each scene affects the next scene. So yeah, like even in that move, I kind of like second guessed myself for a second and then I was like, well, no, that's kind of like what we're doing. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind it. Yeah. I really liked it. I really liked how it stepped aside from the thread we were on. Yeah. It was related, but stepped aside so it could rip things apart more. And that came from the scene before actually, I think the, whoever did the move right before that, which was the, what, yeah, what's on your lapel. That's Revlon 5. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the first jump. um, That was like the first jump of, we saw, you know, the kid. Then very directly the mom principal, but then we now we're in the principal's life and we're jumping off of that. And so I think in my mind I was like, oh well, maybe now now we're in the like life of the lipstick. So like let's jump off of, of that. And so I I just was I think maybe trying to copy you. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Most people do. It's yeah. okay. That's how I play. Uh, now that yeah, uh, so very cool, very cool. So say you were like say coaching that set or something, mm-hmm. or say you gave some notes to that set. Yeah. What would you have liked to have maybe? explored more or what would you have maybe uh, what would I have liked to explore more. more well I think if I was coaching that set I would say maybe we should have um, like once we kind of found the 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 move and the sort of like the the tempo we should have maybe tried to increase the tempo mm-hmm. as we built toward an end even though we didn't really know how long we were going to go or anything like <laughs> right. that. but I think we maybe could have built the momentum toward like a light pole and I think we started to come like especially when we started to come back around to the themes that we had visited before or scenes or characters that we had visited before um I always like it when uh like there's some like hard winners and some hard losers. So, <laughs> you know, I, I do think that, and, and by that, I don't mean like, um, you know, sometimes you hear people say like, uh, an improv scene, I, I want to see people like change essentially. And so if I think a lot, if I could do it again, maybe I would have like tried to, 
have like some a little bit more like heartbreak or a little bit more like winning like maybe the kid with the cane wins or something just so (laughs) that we have some more like fluctuation outside of just these like nice little premises that we had yeah um of just some maybe bigger moves of like yeah that would have been a hell of an emotional moment if the kid would have thrown a touchdown pass you know yeah Yeah. and then gets creamed yeah who knows (laughs) um so you know i don't really like in a way that's like kind of story based but i think to me just if you put it on like an emotional thing it would have been great to see if like we could have pushed that kid in a way that we he gets to have his moment or like does the mom get jilted or like you know doing do we have some ways to now that we have these characters can we push them in a way that uh what was your guy in the, the field the one, oh cho yeah. what was his name joe winfield joe winfield <laughs> yeah like did like does does cho get like <laughs> some great thing that unexpectedly so like who knows but i always like those um I always like those kind of those nice theatrical moments are always fun for me. <laughs> yeah, you get to see another side of the character. I really dig that. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that really came to me that or, or, or that was like something in my mind was like God, I mean, maybe we should maybe we can return to that. I regretted not doing that. Is the response to the father because his, his wife just cheated on him? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like I went to the high school and boned my exactly. principal. Yeah, so we never saw the response to that. You know? Yeah, he beat her to death with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had a hammer. That's true. Yeah. Or maybe, or I was gifted that I had a hammer. Maybe. Should have done a stronger choice. I sort of be like, no, this hammer's for nothing else. <laughs> I, I, I did a couple of pretty strong denials up top because I, I, oh, this is my biggest like, should I say this? Should I say this? Fuck it, I'll say it. Is when he said I like football, and I thought to myself in my mind, I'm like, but he's not on the football team. That'd be funny. Like, but no, that's a denial. Let's have him be on the football team. Yeah, you know, sometimes I'd say you know, little no's add up to big no's, and we do that a lot. And I think that's something that of like, uh, hey, do you want a coke? Nah, I don't drink coke. It's like, well. Yeah, you drink, just drink the Coke or just, yeah, like, oh, here comes the dumbest guy in school. I'm not the dumbest guy. It's like, yes, and you get to be the dumbest guy (laughs) in school. And I think sometimes we, like, when we're defensive or, like, I'm not saying this in your case, but, like, yeah, those little no's of, like, yeah, not football or whatever do kind of, it is a momentum thing where it's like, is there a joke there? Maybe that's what we're trying to find, but. Yeah, the so little to build the snowball, or if I can, if I can analogize it to, yeah. is that the right word? If I could uh, liken it to like a, a snowball that rolls down a hill, just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Right? So uh, for some reason, I had a weird like instant. I had an instinct to be like, it'd be funny if you just he really wanted to be on the football team, but he wasn't the football team. Yeah. But we probably would have been much easier if I'm just like, yeah, you know, you are a pretty good football player. You know, yeah. Maybe we could use what is the, why does that how that then influences his grades versus yeah, m- yeah. maybe I. I I wouldn't say there's any right or wrong there, but I think you're right. Like if you're thinking, uh, that's always my thing of like, if you think of it and you're then like uh, the step down the road of like thinking about the repercussions and we're probably thinking about it too much, like Mm -hmm. do it and then see what the reaction is. Like, yeah, son, you're not on the football team. You have a withered arm. Like that to (laughs) me is a great gift. So, you know, Mm -hmm. what, whatever the and there is can, even if the point of view is opposite, like you do like still trying to get that nice and out of it, not just a kind of lateral. So fluff it with a gift. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You're not on the football team. You have no head. (laughs) Don't you know that? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a great way to start a show. Well, all right. I mean, we are doing an audio show, so anything is possible. If you keep talking to me, I'm going to turn off your screen. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, very, yeah, uh, yeah, totally. I think yeah. I still have an instinct where I know too much. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, I think that's the, then the danger is just being like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, we're not saying just be awesome, be that everything's awesome. It's like, you can still have a point of view as a character. Like, you don't have to, like, the, the dad can still be sad if his wife's cheating on him. He doesn't have to be like, ah, that's fine. <laughs> yes, and, I guess. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, the, uh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, any, any other thoughts on the set? Final thoughts? Um, I think we have a show here, guys. Yeah, a real show. <laughs> I've booked us a space. No way. Um, yeah, it's, sorry, it's in L.A. It's at my house. And <laughs> okay. Flying every week. <laughs> your, your house is a space? <laughs> oh, it's, it's so much space. Um, yeah, no, I think that was, it was fun. And you're right, it's um, improvising with new people it's always like you're feeling each other out a little bit and i think we did that and then i think we found like a run in there that we were all like cooking a little bit and then, <laughs> then we ended it and we were all like okay so um that kind of felt to me like the right trajectory of you know a first a first time improvising <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i had a great time yeah really super professional super pro <laughs> <laughs> cool well um yeah, uh, I think we're. Do you have anything that you uh, you're you're plugging uh, currently that you want people to check out? You you, know? you were working on a big project in LA, right? I, I read about your pilot you were working on. We're, uh, we're working on a pilot. It is not going to series. Oh, I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Um, we learned a ton, and we loved the pilot, so that's Sh- good. Schlub life. Schlub life. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, we shot that, and it's it's now one for the ages, but um. Plugging wise, yeah, you know, Improvised Shakespeare is always great to check out, and Cook County Social Club has been is going to be doing some shows at uh, the UCB in LA. So if you're in oh, LA, no way. check that out, and um, yeah, just uh, you know, live your dreams, guys. <laughs> Shoot for the stars. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. I think we can wrap it up, but before we do, I was just um, I know you live in LA now, and I know they're pretty big on juicing. There's this new juice place up in Chelsea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know if you want to like go and get some juice. It'd be kind of fun. Uh, yeah, guy. I actually I have to clean my hotel room because I have to clean my hotel room. You have to clean your hotel room. Don't they have a cleaning staff at the hotel? You know, I laid them off, so I gotta go clean. Oh, you, you lay them on. Yeah. All right. Okay. Sure. Why not? It's one of those um, cooperative hotels you buy into. Yeah. I guess it's, you it's a holiday inn. Oh. oh, oh yeah. Do you do you need help cleaning up your hotel room? Yeah, we'll no, help you it's out. Super small, so it only really kind of fits. I me. love Swiffering. So. Yeah, it's carpet, so oh, it doesn't really. Yeah. Well, that's been Improv Noise. Uh, thanks again to wonderful guest, Mr. Greg Hess, uh, my gorgeous co-host, <laughs> I'm Ben Stefan Chouette, our killer sound engineer, uh, DJ Haig, and uh, hey guys, yeah, keep, keep making sparkling it Keep sparkling and shoot for the... 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 Peace out.